Hello, welcome to Really Centralize, and today we're talking to Zuko Wilcox O'Hearn from the Tahoe Laughs Project. Hello, Zuko. Hello there. Glad to be here. So, um, first of all, can you like just briefly tell us, like, introductory, what is Tahoe Laughs and what does it do? Yes, it's a distributed encrypted storage system. Um, so. People who run the Tahoe Laugh software, uh, their, uh, we, I call it a node, is the process running on their computer that's running the software. Their nodes connect to each other over TCP IP, and um, they have a protocol for exchanging encrypted data with each other um, to uh, replicate it and store it so that the, um, so that it acts like a, virtual file system. Um, so there are files and directories that are spread out among these, this sort of peer-to-peer -peer network of nodes and then the users can browse and access those files um, but there's no individual single server that has control over the, um, the replication of the ciphertext. How am I doing? That's good. So I've, I like hearing it from the user's point of view. So from the point of view of someone who like in, is installing the software, what's the experience at the moment, and how does it how does it work? Um, there's a well, we we should show you a demo at some point. Oh wow! Um, we should. I mean, we can attack that on at the end of the interview or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so the 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 way that most people use it is that there's a web user interface. Where you um, go to like localhost colon some number eight 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 eight, and then there's a listing that says like here's a bunch of hyperlinks and every hyperlink is a file that's stored in your distributed file system, um, or a directory. If you click on the directory, then it shows you a listing of the next directory. Yeah. Like if you ever browsed like an FTP server from yeah. through a web browser in the past, it kind of looks like that. So it's pretty um, simple. Uh, sort of not very fancy user interface, but uh, it works for browsing and downloading files. files. You can like upload yeah. new files. And there's a button, interface. there's a forum where you click on a file and upload a new file into that system. And do you have to, do you enter some kind of passphrase that's what your data's stored with or your... No, no, that's a good key. How does that work? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm glad that you're starting from the user's perspective. So, um, the way it works is, um, this is this is one of the really cool parts of Tahoe Laughs that makes it different oh, yeah. and interesting. <laughs> is um, it goes like this: when you click that form, that there's a form that says I want to upload a file, right? And then when you click it, the your web browser pops open a file picker, and you choose the file from your local file system, you know, and you click OK to upload. And then your web browser uploads that file, and it gets encrypted, and then spread out to the peer-to-peer -peer file system. And then you get a URL in your web browser, which is the link to that file. Mm -hmm. So the decryption key is hidden in, is, is, is enclosed, is contained within the URL itself. Okay. So you need that link. Like that's the thing that you give to someone if you're telling somebody, hey, look at this file. You send them a link, right? A, a URL. Mm. 
Well, you have to keep that link if you want to get access to that file. Yeah. And you also have to keep that link because it's the only copy of the decryption key. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is there's this idea that uh, we got from the capability security research community. Um, so these are some programming languages and operating system scientists who, over the last few decades, um, explored this notion that they call capabilities as a means of access control in a system. And the idea of a capability is that the identifier that you use to say which thing you're talking about is also the access control token that you need in order to, to gain access to the thing. Mm. So that's why we did it like that. We said, well, you're going to have to have a URL to find a file, right? If, you, if, you, if you're viewing a file through a web browser, then you're using a URL. Mm. And so we might as well make it so that that URL is the place we put the crypto bunk. And I think this is awesome. I really like it. There's mm. some problems and like complications, and it scares some people. But, um, but since, since you said you were starting from the user's perspective, mm. the effect of this is there was no passphrase. Mm. Right? You, you, so, you so upload I can the file, you get a URL, you get that link, and now what do you do with it? You bookmark it, or you copy it into a text file, or you text message it to your friend, mm. or you make a web page and you put that URL into your web page. Mm. So if I'm like using it for I don't know private backups of some document I made, I then I then have to preserve that link. Is the that's correct? Uh, I would recommend you print it on your printer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that would pro probably be probably be true. Anyhow, you have private backups, right? If you mm -hmm. want to, and backup is a really good use for Tahoe Labs. That's the primary use that our customers at uh, my company use it for is just to back up things to themselves. Like so the the only intended recipient of the thing is themselves from the future. Right? Uh, so you you would so like back up a whole if you had lots of files you'd back up like a zip file of them or something or, a, or um Tahoe comes with a, a yeah there's a directory. So there's a there's a yeah there's a, a directory in the virtual distributed storage system. Mm. Uh, and that directory can have multiple um, Subdirectories and files in it, uh, and that they're and literally the directory is literally a list of the URLs of the files which are in it. Uh, exactly, it and so that's another thing that I think is awesome about it. It totally, yeah. to me, it's really natural. Like if you send someone a link to a directory, you expect that they're going to be able to get access to the files in that directory. Mm. Like, it seems kind of useless to. <laughs> say, hey, look! I can show you this list, but I but you can't get access to the things in the list. Like, why are you showing me that? Yeah. Um, so I think it works. I mean, it seems like really natural for people that if you want to back up your stuff, there's this um, command line tool. <clears throat> I described the web user interface, and I think that's mm. the most common way that people use Tahoe Laughs. But it also comes with a command line tool for people who prefer that. <clears throat> And the command line tool has a feature that the web user interface currently doesn't, which is Tahoe, you type Tahoe space backup space like slash or whatever, a directory. And it um, examines all the files and subdirectories reachable from there. And any ones that have changed since the last time it ran, it uploads them. Mm. And it puts all of them into a single directory in the Tahoe Laughs file system. Mm -hmm. 
And that way you can like browse sort of your directory structure without re-downloading it and like unpacking it like you would with a zip file. Okay. Like, like you would have to if it were all in one zip file. Yeah. Um, but how, however you do this with Tahoe Laughs or with any other secure backup solution, you need to have to retain a copy of your decryption key mm. or else you're... <laughs> Or else you won't be able to recover it yourself. Yeah. And so with another system, what you probably ought to be doing is printing out a copy of your decryption secret. Yeah. And storing like storing a one or two or three printouts somewhere safe. Yeah. Uh, with Tahoe, what you what you do is print out the URL to the directory. Yeah. Okay. Basically the same thing. So is there some kind of, the next kind of user level question, is there some limit to the amount I can store? Like, do I have to pay or contribute my own storage in order to be able to store other things? So the technology is that anyone can use this open source software and run what we call a storage server. And then that means that their node is connecting to all the other nodes, and if those other nodes upload ciphertext, it will save it in its local hard drive. Right? And then if those nodes request to download ciphertext, it'll read it out of its local hard drive and send it back. Um, so anyone can run a storage server. And the question is, who is going to run a storage server on your behalf? Right? And mm -hmm. one thing that people do is they have what we call friend grids, which is like 10 or 20 people get together. And they all run Tahoe Laughs. And then they all let each other connect to each other's storage servers. So they have like 20 servers. And um, collectively, they make this one sort of virtual file system that they can store stuff in. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another way to do it is pay my company, leastauthority.com. Um, that that we, we we will run a storage server on your behalf, mm -hmm. and that one stores all the ciphertext in Amazon S3, the commonly used cloud yeah. storage service. So. That leads us neatly to the question about business models. So obviously, all projects need some way to uh, get people to make the code and maintain them and improve them. So do you want to tell us a bit about that and how you're, who, who contributes code to Tahoe Laughs and how they're paid to do it? Yeah. Um, it's both. There's both a bunch of volunteers who contribute to Tahoe Laughs for their own inscrutable purposes. Uh, perhaps they think that it's going to improve the world. Um, hmm. Then there's also my company. We have contributed a lot of code to Tahoe Laughs, and uh, we're trying to make money from that, from selling the service. So you can go to leastauthority.com and put in your credit card, and then that, then we, autom you know, our, our automation sets up a storage server for you that you can use for backup or for file sharing. Um, so it's a very simple business model. It's we're trying to get enough customers who are willing to pay $25 a month um, that we can continue to um, work on improving the software, which is what we want to do anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd say for the last couple of years, most of the contributions to Tahoe Laughs, the software, have come from employees of my company. Um, but not all. And recently, 
uh, one of the original founders of the Tile Labs project um, sort of got back into the game and started working on it again. Uh, mm. I, I, I'm I'm one of the founders of the whole open source project, and Brian Warner is uh, one of the other founders and sort of architects of the original design. Mm. Um, and Brian recently uh, left his job <coughs> at Mozilla and started spending more time hacking on Tile Labs, so that makes me happy. So it's been around since 2007, which is pretty, well, fairly old in the, the world of, of the people I'm interviewing anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Can you tell me a bit of, like, I suppose I want to ask about the history, but it's quite a big question, but can you just sort of say, what was your motivation for starting it back then? Um, um, like, there was a company back then that was selling uh, online backup services that I worked for. And that company wanted to make a new improved product to replace their current product. And for some reason, we decided to open source it, the new thing we're making. And uh, we put all of the sophisticated end-to-end -end encryption into it um, to appeal to that company's customers to you know, protect mm -hmm. their data from being spied on or manipulated by the servers or by the company. And then that company went out of business long ago. Like, I forget what year that was. It was too, too mm. far ago, too long ago to remember. <laughs> uh, but since the, since the code was all open source, people kept hacking on it, uh, including me and Brian. Um, and other people joined us. Uh, and then... More recently, I made this new company, leastauthority.com, to try to uh, get a feedback loop of money coming in from people who are benefiting from the technology and then using that money to improve the technology. Is, is that like a more viable business model than the original company, or is it just this more demand now for worrying about this end-to-end -end encryption? It really was... Um, It really was the Snowden leaks that made us decide to try to push it as a a wide uh, to try to get customers to pay for it. Mm. Um, before that, our company already existed, and what we were doing was getting um, grants and contracts. Like DARPA paid us to um, extend the technology, just because for whatever inscrutable reason, DARPA gives money to people to invent technology. Um, and then when this when the Snowden leaks came out, um, what was that? Was that two years ago or one year ago? It was in the summer. It's only, it's only just over a year. It's a year and three months. One year ago, so. in like July yeah. or so. Um, <laughs> then we said, we said, oh, we should make this available to the public um, because now maybe people will care. <laughs> like we've been mm. we've been working on this forever, and you know, mm. not just 2007, but I, I worked on a series of projects doing similar things, end-to-end -end encrypted, distributed, peer-to-peer -peer storage. I've been working on it for many years before that, um, but we hoped that uh, we could get enough people who care nowadays that it would become a self-sustaining project. So what would the world be like if it had mass take-up, if like lots of people were using Tahoe Labs? Well, um, in the short term, if we get more and more customers signing up for our company, then 
we'll be able to finish and deploy a bunch of improvements to the technology, which is there's a bunch of really exciting stuff that we've either implemented but haven't deployed yet or started implementing but haven't finished or whatever. Um, but in the storage backends and easy to use sync are the two things that I can... Yeah, right. So the... Um, well, hey, let me go into that real quick. But the, the, let me get... Let me also yeah. try to answer your question about the long term, what the world would, would be like. Okay. Which is, we'll come back to that at the end when we're talking science about science fiction answer. But the mm -hmm. um, the technologies that we've done, uh, one is what DARPA paid us to implement, which is what we call redundant array of independent clouds. Mm -hmm. um, so that's using different commercial cloud storage services as the backend to hold the ciphertext for you. Um, so we've got yeah. Amazon, Microsoft, Rackspace, Google, Hewlett-Packard, stuff like that. Um, and uh, because Tahoe Labs does end-to-end -end encryption, whoever whoever holds the ciphertext never has the opportunity to spy on or manipulate the contents of your files, right? Because um, the, the decryption keys are never exposed to the backend mm -hmm. servers, and nothing but ciphertext ever travels to the backend servers. So your confidentiality and your integrity of your files are fully guaranteed by the cryptography implemented in your front-end client. Like on, mostly people run the client on your, their local laptop, right? Mm. Um, but what cryptography doesn't guarantee for you is that the ciphertext will remain available the next time you want it, right? And so the whole redundant array of independent clouds project is saying, well, we've already solved integrity and confidentiality using crypto. And now we're going to solve like availability and longevity of your files by spreading redundant pieces of the files out over multiple commercial cloud storage services. Mm -hmm. So that is a pretty cool technology. And um, we implemented it with DARPA funding. And we have been intending to deploy it as a commercial service, but we're not yet sure if, you know, if people would be willing to pay for that. Yeah. Uh, then the other technology that we have not yet implemented is what we call Magic Folder. And that is simply to make something as uh, convenient and intuitive as Dropbox, but based on top of this technology so that you inherit the confidentiality and integrity mm. that Tahoe Labs gives you, but you have all the ease of use of Dropbox. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and going back to the take-up, you were like, yeah, if the, the imagining the world of mess take-up. Um, okay. So... What we've got going so far is either one individual using Tahoe Labs to back up their own stuff, uh, either to my company or just to mm. another server that they rent or whatever. Mm. And then they can use that for recovery in case they, you know, their hard drive dies or whatever. So that's like it's from them back to them. And Tahoe Labs mm. cuts the server out of being um, part of the confidentiality and integrity uh, yeah, boundary, right? And then we also have these groups that I've talked about, fr friend nets. Like there's a group that uses all storage servers running as Tor hidden services. <laughs> um, <laughs> so not only 
not only do the servers never get access to the clear text of your files, but also nobody can figure out the physical locations of any of the servers. Yeah. Um, so those friend nets are small groups, like 10 or 20, I don't know how many. Um, they can store their files in the Tahoe Laughs grid and they can recover their own files. They can also share their files with each other. Mm. Um, because of the architecture that we talked about at the beginning where mm. the the hyperlink is itself sufficient to give you access to a file. Hmm. So it's very convenient if you if you have uploaded a bunch of your files. Like if you run Tahoe Backup and you just upload all your files to a storage grid for, for, for your own purposes. Then later you can say to yourself, oh, I'd like to share you know some of my music files with my friend. So you can just like find the directory that contains those files that you wish to share. Hmm. And you can just email that URL to your friend. Mm. And that means that, that your friend now has the decryption key when they use that URL so that they can access that particular directory that you sent them. Mm. But they can't access all of your other files that you backed up, right? Because those might be private to you. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty good architecture for file sharing as well as for backup. But currently, it is only used by small groups. So how the world could be different if there was mass take-up of Tahoe Labs mm. is that you could have like an internet-scale grid of storage server, of Tahoe Labs storage servers, and of files being stored therein, right? Mm. So that you could share access to subsets of your files with a large number of people, mm. any number of people. Mm. And that would be... When it, if it were to scale up like that, then it changes its nature. Instead of being for backup or for what I call a friend grid, it kind of becomes like the World Wide Web in the sense of just being generally available, available to everyone, but different in this weird way. So I, I think of it in my mind as the strong web, the secure version of the web, which is that if someone sends you a hyperlink, in this, in this version, if, if it's a Tahoe last hyperlink mm -hmm. instead of a normal old web hyperlink, you always know that the, the file it denotes uh, can't be spied on by anyone else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the contents of the file can't be corrupted or manipulated by anyone other than the owner of the file who has, who has the ability to write into that file. And you also know if you had this internet scale version of Tahoe Laughs that the file cannot be censored very easily. Yeah. Because of that redundancy that we alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, it, the Tahoe Laughs architecture separates file location from file identity. Right? So a, a mm. URL on the current web indicates a server. <laughs> right? And it indicates a file within that server. So if you if you want to censor some particular information, the URL tells you who who you can interfere with in order to prevent that information from being freely used. Yeah, sure. Our URL is not that. It's um, it's indicating only the identity of the file, and servers can redundantly um, in a peer-to-peer -peer ad hoc manner 
mm. store and serve up replicas of that file. Um, so if you wanted to, if there were a file that you wished to censor out of the Tahoe Laughs Grid, uh, what you would have to do is find all the servers that were serving up shares of that file and censor all of them. Um, and if you if you find some of them, does it kind of heal and make new copies, or it doesn't do that automatically, uh, but it does do that whenever you. Well, there's a there's a command called repair mm. that heals, um, but currently it doesn't go automatically checking for that and doing repair by itself. You have to click a button to tell it to repair. Yeah. Um, if you layered on top of that, this this thing that people are doing where they integrate Tahoe Labs with Tor, um, and they yeah. also, there's another one I didn't mention, They've, there's also a group that integrates Tahoe Labs with I2P, that's another anonymizing network. Oh. Okay. Do you know about I2P? I haven't, I haven't heard of it, no. It's sort of like Tor, and it attempts to anonymize the locations of the computers that are involved in it. So if you, if you had hidden servers so that the, lo the physical location of the server itself is not easy to discover, um, then that would further make um, censorship resistance. So in, in order to destroy a file, in order to prevent people from being able to read a file, you would have to figure out what servers um, or penetrate the um, protection of the server's location. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's quite, yeah, it's quite surprising to me that uh, HTTP is like, even it's called the web, it's actually very centralizing just because of this thing that objects are stored at the same place as their name. So it's, yeah, I really like the, the way you're breaking that into two. So we're going to have to wrap up soon. So I'm going to finish by asking you a bit about how viewers can help and how they can get involved in various different ways with the project, whether they're coders or whether they're people who might want to use it or pay for it. Um, we are a friendly and welcoming open source community. For whatever reason, I don't know how this happened, but we've never had any jerks uh, on our mailing list. So you can totally Come to our, you know, go to tahoe-laughs.org or just, you know, use a search engine to look for Tahoe Laughs and you can totally join in and find out how to use it. And we have a ton of, you know, like open open bug tickets, like please fix this and that tiny little bug. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's nice. We have um, weekly meetings in which uh, the volunteers get together and, um, you know, kind of have a bug fixing party. Uh, so, please, by all means, join up with us. Um, there's all kinds of fun extensions of Tahoe Laughs in new directions, like integrating it with Tor Part that we just talked about. Um, you can definitely help by becoming a customer of my company, because mm. that will that will that will mean that we can continue doing that. Um, so you can think of it as being your contribution to the to the world to promote this open source thing that might have these great positive effects mm. on society in the future. Um, and you can also think of it as just a uh, good, safe way to do backup of all your stuff without exposing 
the, you know, the privacy of your files to some random remote server. And that's at leastauthority.com, is it, the company part? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That was really interesting. And yeah. <laughs> and well, thank you. Th uh, thank you, and good luck with the project. Thanks a lot. Um, and if you want, we could... Are you going to edit this and make me sound less stupid, I hope? Um, if you want, we could. I could try to show you a demo of what it looks like. Um, I'm going to stop the broadcast for now, but... Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye.